0: And chew gum where we analyze the worldviews of some of the biggest things in pop culture my name is chike my name is james welcome to episode one of this podcast how you doing james
1: good are you excited for this i'm excited and scared <laughs> why are you beat. why are you scared <laughs> <laughs> just because it's going out into the ether
0: yeah it's, it's going good. out into the ether this yeah is, this is fun it's it's good we have a conversation about this podcast first up You may be wondering why this podcast is called Walk and Chew Gum. Um, James, why don't you explain that for us?
1: Yeah. So, Walk and Chew Gum comes from the phrase, um, and it's kind of a negative phrase that we hear is like, that person cannot walk and chew gum at the same time. Right. Um, So, it kind of points out that that person is unintelligent, that they can't do two monotonous tasks at the same time simultaneously. Um, So, obviously, that's a negative way of looking at it, but I've heard... Um, John Stone Street, who's the president of the Colson Center for Christian Worldview, Mm -hmm. used this phrase a lot. And um, in one of the articles that I was I was trying to I was reading and I was trying to figure out how he explains it. And he says Christians should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time by, quote, praising those elements across society worthy of honor while also calling attention to its more disreputable aspects. So, we should be, so whether we're looking at songs, books, movies, um, anything across social media, politics, uh, we should be able to validate what is true, good, and beautiful, and reject what is ugly, false, and evil. So, we should be able to hold those two things. In our hands and we should be able to celebrate what is good true and beautiful and reject and despise uh what is ugly false and evil so yeah that's basically walking in chew gum
0: yeah that's what yeah. we're doing we're jumping in and we are like i said before in the intro we're analyzing the world views of some of the biggest things in pop culture and um the nature of this particular episode we're gonna we're gonna basically do a giant setup to what we're going to do for this podcast. So, if you're listening to this for the first time, thank you so much for listening and um as James mentioned Christian, this is a Christian podcast. We are both Christians unapologetically. We have a Christian worldview. We definitely have a bias towards Christianity. We are both sinners saved by grace. And so that is the framework in which we are approaching all of this. But if you're listening to this and you are a non-Christian, thank you so much for listening. We are always open to people who want to hear different differences of opinion and worldviews. So um, thank you. And if you're a Christian, we hope this is a resource for you, uh, whether you're a parent or a grandparent, uh, someone who doesn't really understand what's going on in the culture or needs a framework to help navigate this particular society that we live in today that is dominated by a worldview that is antithetical to our worldview. Um, We hope this is a blessing to you. So Let's just jump into this. So, let's define some terms here. Um, and we're going to define what culture is. And we're going to be pulling from a couple resources. Um, one of our favorite resources is A Practical Guide to Culture uh, Helping the Next Generation Navigate Today's World. And this is by John Stone Street and Brett Kunkel. And I'm just going to define what culture is. So, uh, in the book, it says, Among Christians, culture is a, wor- a word much used but rarely defined. It comes from the Latin word cultura, which means agriculture. If plowing, tilling, and cultivating come to mind, they should. In its most basic sense, culture refers to what people do with the world. We build, we invent, we imagine, we create, we tear down, we replace, we compose, we design, we emphasize, we dismiss, we embellish, we engineer. As Andy Crouch says, culture is what human beings make of the world. So that is uh, an excellent definition of what culture is. And if you add on the the pop to pop culture pop meaning popular um, I think my working definition of that would be what we are making of the world that is popular now do you agree with that James does that make sense
1: yeah for sure Yeah. yeah I totally agree with that
0: yeah, that's great. So that's what we're doing. So we're talking about pop culture. So what are the biggest things in pop culture? Obviously, we got movies, we got music, we got games, we got books, we got all thing, all matter of things. And um, this is very interesting for us uh, in particular because. Um, one of the reasons why we wanted to do this is not only because we're both Colson Fellows, and this is kind of our three-year ministry project uh, about Colson Fellows, which if you want to get into Colson Fellows, you definitely should. Whether you're Christian or non-Christian is definitely good. I mean, but it's for the Christian worldview. Um, but um, we are we're, we're young guys. We're both husbands. We're both fathers. And we have young kids. And there's a lot that is going on in the world today that we just We need to be able to navigate especially for the next generation, for our children and for our families. And we both love music, we both love movies, we both are in this society and we should uh, speak into this. And um, um, and if you know who Andrew Breitbart is, it says politics is downstream from culture. And essentially if you change the culture, you change the government. And Mm -hmm. so if you have seen any legislation that has happened Over the past several years, or even the last decade, or even like decades past, Mm -hmm. you know that some of these, uh, some of the political things that have happened in our world have come from changes in culture. So um, there's a lot to talk about in that aspect, but we are, because that is downstream from culture, we want to talk about the culture aspects. And as Christians, we should be able to talk about things in culture. I mean, one of my favorite. Uh, sections of the Bible, especially in the New Testament, is Acts 17, where Paul is in Athens. And um, I'm going to read a little bit from Acts 17. And this is in starting in verse 16. It says, now, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him, and he some said, What does this babbler wish to say? Others said, He seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus in the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this is new uh, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. We you bring some strange things to our ears who wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now, all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. And so, I love this part of scripture because it, it does exactly what we should be doing. We should be wading into this cultural waters. Mm-hmm. We should be like Paul and stepping into the the city of Athens, into the public square, and uh, conversing with them, reasoning people. Not... Shit, reverting the shouting matches but if there is something in our culture that's happening, we as Christians have not only the right but an obligation to speak into these things so what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think um, when it comes to culture it's very easy to be amused by culture or entertained by culture. And mm-hmm. what we're talking when I say culture here is like pop culture. Yeah. So it's really easy for us to turn on Netflix and not think and turn on Amazon prime and whatever they have out there, Disney plus, and just watch and just be entertained, be amused, but not understand what message is coming across. And I think when it comes to the culture, the culture really just doesn't care for what Christians have to offer mm-hmm. because the culture is watching the culture. The culture right. really wants to know what the culture has to say yeah and they move on and and they're more interested in what the culture has to sell so they kind of buy into itself right but it's up to us us as christians is to not buy into the culture and have i guess some kind of like buyer beware awareness yeah um and make sure that that's going off when we engage the culture because we can easily indirectly take messages in that we're not catching as we watch shows and watch movies. Um, Simple things like planet earth and Mm. you're watching it with your kids and then they go into evolution and theory, like all of that. And you don't, you just watch it for the pure sake of the beauty of all of what nature has is, you know, the display of nature and the beauty of nature, not recognizing the messages that are coming through.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, and there are things that we're just unaware of. And um, and this is because, and I might get in a little bit of a soapbox, and I've ranted to this for people before. The church, and I mean the Big C church, not just not little C church, because you could be doing this if you're a church or a Christian, but the Big C church by and large has been pretty absent from things of culture. I think there was a certain point, and you correct me, James, if I'm wrong in any of this. I think it was. The church used to be pretty dominant in culture, in music, and in art. So I remember when I was in in Rome uh, several years ago, and you look at the the con- construction of all the cathedrals, and they're all pointed because they're to- they're pointing towards mm-hmm. heaven, mm-hmm. they're pointing towards God. And uh, you look at art like the Sistine Chapel, Michelangelo like did backbreaking work to paint the creation story mm-hmm. of the Bible. And so many other things that Michelangelo did, or the other artists in you know the early Roman Empire. I mean, Christianity itself went from being just a group of people from the New Testament to dominating the entire Roman Empire at one point. And it wasn't just intellectually; we did it through art, we did it through music, and so that's where we were for a certain period of time. And I think in America specifically, in about the 1960s, you have the sexual revolution, you have things like Vietnam happening. And I don't think Christians were really prepared for a lot of that, and and I think, by and large, a lot of us just kind of pulled out and just decided that, hey, we're just gonna preach the gospel and not engage with some of these larger cultural issues. And I think from that point, we, uh, something else took over, and, we have what we have today where Christianity is no longer dominant in the cultural space. And I think our voices, because of our own willing, because of our own negligence and also maybe some suppression in that, that the, the Christian voice has kind of been, is not, has been pretty absent.
1: Yeah. I think a mistake that Christians have, have made and, and in the culture is that we, we basically said, well, if they're not going to join us, then we'll join them. Right. So, like now, churches are neglecting Christianity, the gospel as a whole, and they're basically making affirming churches um, making and, and basically t- taking the gospel and twisting it mm-hmm. and making it palatable to the world. Yeah, and the gospel's not palatable at all to no. the world. Um, the gospel that uh, the world wants nothing to do with the gospel, but we're trying to make it palatable, and I think by us doing that, and that's our version of being engaging the culture. I think the church has definitely, um, yeah, stepped out of actually inspiring or influencing culture to being just a part of culture. Yeah,
0: and I think part right. of that is that. I think most Christians don't really know what our worldview is. And I think, um, at least from my experience over the last couple of years, we kind of got blindsided by a lot of things in culture that we didn't really understand without having a firm grasp of what our actual worldview is. Mm -hmm. I mean, most, I think, you know, someone would say that they do. And I think most Christians, you know, claim to do. But I think as a whole, like I said, this is a big C church that we need to have a very firm grasp of what our worldview is, and uh, in the book, Practical Guide to Culture, we're gonna reference this a lot, that uh, John Stonetreet breaks down the Christian worldview into five parts, and it's broken down into origins, which is where did everything come from, identity, what is a human being, meaning, what is the meaning of life, morality, who determines right and wrong, what's wrong with the world, and how can it be fixed, destiny, and destiny, uh, what happens when we die, and where is history headed? So, um, that is how you break down worldview. In a defined worldview, it just essentially means what is your view of the world. So, in every, everybody, whether they know it or not, whether they're conscious of it, has a worldview. And their worldview will be present in everything that they do. So, you will, how you lead your family, how you make a song, how you re- write a book, how you read a book, how you engage with. You know, your bartender, how do you tip your waitress, Mm -hmm. you know, it is defined by your worldview. And so I think it's important for us, at least at the beginning of this, to lay down a framework of what the Christian worldview is. So, um, James, if you want to help me go through these five parts. So let's start with origins. Um, Where did everything come from, according to Christianity?
1: Well, we know that um, starts in Genesis with six days of creation and on the seventh day God rested. Um, we know that, um, God created man and woman, um, on the sixth day. And from there, uh, we see the first marriage take place. Um, man was called to cultivate, um, and take care of the garden. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, and then, hold on. Is this the part where we go into talking about sin and where we end up with the world now?
0: Yeah, I mean, we can talk about (laughs) that. We get into that. Yeah,
1: sure. So then, right? uh, We we learned that Eve was tempted by uh, the serpent, uh, and the serpent basically influenced her to make the decision to not follow the the direction that God gave man, Adam and Eve, is to not eat from the knowledge of the tree of knowledge of good and evil she took the fruit then she gave it some to her husband which he passively agreed and it took as well and then from there man and god has now been separated by sin yeah and our communion and our fellowship with god is now broken and from there death enters the world um, which sin leads to death so that's kind of where we're at and every Every single day, it leads us deeper and deeper down the hole of darkness. Yeah,
0: and what you what you mentioned here is sort of part of the worldview is morality. So morality, um, who determines right and wrong? And so based off that, the Christian worldview a view of morality is that morality comes from God. Mm-hmm. So um, how do we know what's right and wrong? How do we know it's wrong to murder someone? How do we know what's wrong to steal? There has to be, um, as Ravi Zacharias puts it, in order to have a moral law, you have to have a moral lawgiver. And as Christians, our moral lawgiver is God. Um, the God of the Bible, the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so He is the one who gave us the knowledge of right and wrong. I mean, we have the Ten Commandments. That is our morality. That is the standard in which every Christian needs to live by. Obviously, we're sinners and we'll never be held to that standard, but because of Jesus, we are uh able to to be he is our, our he is our moral arbiter so to speak right um, if you think of you're in a courtroom and God is a judge Jesus is our defense lawyer so that is uh, that's our morality and so going back to identity uh, what is a human being and uh, our, we are as in Genesis this is part of the Genesis account is that it says that God says let us make man in our image so human beings are created in the image of God. And so knowing that we know that every single human being that exists on this planet is an image bearer of God. And so that informs a lot of what we believe about life and the sanctity of life. Um, Again, we're going to keep it at pop culture, but so there's some things in culture that are so big that we'll probably talk into it. I think if we did this podcast right after Roe v. Wade happened, we would have definitely weighed into that. But this is why, Christians believe in pro-life or believe in the sanctity of life is because of the view we have of humanity, that each human is an image bearer of God. And so we make at all costs to protect life. Um And so, yeah, what is the meaning of life, James, in the Christian worldview?
1: The meaning of life to bring God glory to... Was that the it, Westminster Catechism? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> to enjoy God and to, 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 it,
0: to praise... The chief end of man is enjoy God and enjoy Him forever.
1: I'm I'm messing that up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's it's to bring God glory. He gave us the commands. He gave us the garden to cultivate. And our job was to be cultivators. We were supposed to create culture, create culture after the image of God, the glory of God. And all of that was supposed to have basically His handprint through all of it. Um, Everything that we create. Um, even with music, um, movies, all of that today is a reflection of When we do it for the Lord, it brings him glory. Um, you can even look at like people like Eric little, right? Eric little, he's the runner, the Olympic runner. Sure. Yeah. So even when he said like, when I run, I feel the presence of God and he's an Olympic runner. It's like yeah. he was made to run and he did what God created him to do and he feels the presence of God when he runs and that's a wonderful and beautiful thing um so when we do the things that God has created us to do we feel his presence um obviously through sin we have taken the things that he's gifted us with and we've we've twisted it we've corrupted it we've um now bring glory unto ourselves which really does not bring us glory at all um, and leads us to hell and corruption. But yeah, when we do it for the Lord, um, yeah, and do it for Him and Him alone, then it brings Him glory and great pleasure.
0: Yeah, amen to that. Uh, so that'll lead us into destiny. What happens when we die? Where is history headed? And the Christian worldview is that what happens when we die? If you are indeed a sinner saved by grace, believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ... What happens when you die you are going to heaven that is scriptural that is exactly where you're going so if you are indeed a truly reformed person saved by grace believing in the person of jesus not just the person of jesus but also the trinity as a whole god the father god the son god the holy spirit and you have the holy spirit indwelling within you that is that is heaven that is your ticket into heaven. I mean, Jesus himself said in the New Testament, I am the way, truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that is where you will go when you'll die. And where is history headed in that destiny? And if you've ever read the book of Revelation, you know exactly where history is headed. Um, To put it bluntly, hell in a handbasket. (laughs) um, Because of the effects of sin, going back into Genesis, there is a essentially a debt to be fade, paid, and the world will be thrown into chaos, into turmoil. And, and a lot of people think that we're in the, in, the, in, in the end times, but even back then in the New Testament, the apostles thought that they were in the end times. So there's always the recurring theme of we're always in the end times, but no one truly knows when the end times are.
1: And, and so, jesus said that and
0: jesus said that yeah. himself so if and there's so,
1: anyone out there proclaiming you know when it's the end times you have to be very careful with that no. um, yeah, yeah it would be considered blasphemous
0: but as christians we know that is not the end that one day that jesus himself the resurrected savior will return in his full glory and wipe sin away from the planet forever yep. and we will be with him forever so that in a nutshell is the Christian worldview. So that is the worldview in which we're operating from. So whenever we're talking about things in pop culture, remember that that is the framework in which we are building, uh, this podcast and our lives on. So that is it. So, um, yeah, that, that is our worldview. So let's get into like some actual pop culture stuff. So, um, what is it that we talked about how we like music and movies and all those things. I mean, we, you know, Christians are fun. We should be fun, right? I don't know why. I think sometimes people have a view of Christians where it's like we don't enjoy things because they're bad or we're told not to bad things. And that's that's part of my rant about Christians not engaging with culture is that partly we kind of view things from the outside, like things in our world, it's like, oh man, that's evil or that's demonic or we shouldn't engage with that. Well, well why? we should always have a why as to why we shouldn't engage with something. And sometimes we should engage with things that we perceive as evil. So we can't just throw something away and not think about it, especially for a parent. Like if our kids are listening to something or watching something that we don't necessarily approve of, we should understand what it is they're listening to or watching and maybe direct them in a way to maybe something that's more God-honoring. But we can't just say that don't listen to this music or don't watch the show because it's evil. That's not a good. That's not in my. That's not good parenting. I mean, we should engage with our kids. We should engage with culture in every facet. So, um, James, what do you like to listen to?
1: Yeah. So um, I've been kind of on this binge listening to a group called Polyphia. They're like this progressive rock trap group um, that my brother introduced me to over this weekend. Um, they're out of Plano, Texas. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, local artists. Um, they're great. It's instrumental. Um, so far from what I can tell, their worldview probably does not line up with mine, (laughs) um, and I'm making assumptions. Uh, I haven't read into their biography or anything or try to figure out where they're operating from and what, what their worldview and take on life is, um, But they're very talented they are incredibly talented and um i i appreciate their talent again i i I don't know what their worldview is Mm -hmm. but i do appreciate their talent and maybe one day i'll run into them because yeah they're like in our backyard say the name again polyphia polyphia p-o-l-y-p-h-i-a okay
0: and that's who you're listening to right
1: now right now interesting yeah polyphia Polythia.
0: all right i have to look this up i actually on my way home the other day i was listening to a group called uh tekoa um i don't know if you've heard of them at all no um but i was going through a just a playlist of ra- random songs that go on my discover weekly from spotify and there's this essentially christian group that is throwing out some some cool music it's mostly like instrumental with some horns and yeah. some uh some guitar thrown in there but it's really cool it says they're inspired by uh i think it was tom mish and james blake and daniel caesar so um if anyone know who those artists are which those three are incredible artists in their own right kind of have a jazz lo-fi r&b kind of flavor which is that that's that's my sweet spot i love it i mean i i love playing jazz i love listening to lo-fi music um and I always think of like the the anime girls studying, and you have the lo fi beats, lo fi girl, yeah, lo fi yeah, girl. I listen to lo fi so girl, that's yep. that's that's my jam. that's who I was listening to. But I'm pretty eclectic again, like I said, I listen to just a lot of lo fi. Um, so again, Christians listen to more than just worship music, <laughs> if you didn't know, yes, we're not just listening to Phil Wickham and Hillsong all day, <laughs> so we we like things. Um, but you know, I try to get into heavy metal. I try to get into like hard rock, um, but some of it just doesn't hit. But I mean, I love Fleetwood Mac. That's yeah. one of my favorite well, bands. Yeah, and not that. just because. Um, a little background on me: I am a musician. We're both musicians, actually, and I do play in a Fleetwood Mac cover band from time to time. So it's a fun time, and I love Fleetwood Mac. I play bass, so. <laughs> that's yeah. That's next a good time you time.
1: have a concert, you should definitely do a little plug. Oh yeah, I yeah. should
0: I should definitely yeah. do that. They're really um,
1: good. They're really good. Oh, thanks. <laughs>
0: but yeah, so yeah, I mean, we love—we both love music, and it's hard to like really nail down what we're really into. But I think every now and again, we'll come back to what we're what we've been listening to um, musically, because again, we're gonna be talking about music and uh, movies. So movies and TV and everything. Um, but what have you been watching?
1: So uh, I'll just name one. Okay, I've been. I've I I just finished Alone and it's on Netflix. Oh, you told me about that. Yeah. Season 8. Okay. And we finished it. I think it's like 8 9 episodes. But it's an hour long each. It's a survival game show. They drop off like 10 contestants. each on their own secluded island or a little part of the land. Snap. And they're in Grizzly Nation. So it's like that's kind of like the the thing that's scary the most scary thing but what i have a what i found fascinating about this and this is just a little quick thing on worldview. when it so when we read the bible it says that it's not good for man to be alone mm-hmm. and like when god created adam and he adam looked you know god god saw that adam it wasn't good for adam to be alone right and he didn't have a partner yeah. um a mate what's so great about this is a lot of the men when you when they ask them like what's the hardest thing because it's basically like they're by themselves on an island they give them five cameras to basically kind of selfie themselves document their journey Mm -hmm. during their time on the secluded island and the last man standing wins so but all a lot of the men leave they leave not because well one they sometimes get kicked out because of malnutrition like they can tell like oh Oh, yeah they're about to die or they have some kind of illness or it's like hey we need to take you out of the game yeah when they do their medical checks and they do that like every three four days i think but or a week at a time in the beginning i think but what's fascinating is men usually leave because they miss their families oh man but women they have families That's not something that they talk about constantly. Huh. Which is so amazing to me. Because I'm like, there is something innately built into a man to care and to think about their family. And it really resonates like when a man is by himself on an island, he can physically do all the things. Yeah. But the thing that takes them out of the game is how much they miss their family, and they're just like, "I need to go home." It's wow. not worth the half million dollars being away from my family. And to me, I was like, "That's fascinating." Yeah, yeah. So, Damn. I think there's there's something in that. I think I'm okay. it's just kind of a quick thing, but it's like something about men really want to be with their families, like they genuinely want. It's not even just like they, a man needs a woman. It's like right they want it and they yeah. they think about it constantly and it like drives them insane that's crazy i didn't think yeah. about that
0: i think it speaks more to, and it also speaks to man and i mean not just i when i say man i mean human yeah humans desire for community and it yeah. goes back to what you were saying with genesis where god saw adam and he said man is not meant to be alone yeah so our worldview says that we have a desire for community. We have a desire to be amongst other people yeah. that are like us, that are also human. So yeah, it's never good for us to be alone. And you know, we also we love our own mean time. We love alone time, but we will always crave that interaction with someone. Yeah. So we'll always crave that in person interaction. So interesting. I mean I need to watch that.
1: I, I think it goes to speak to like, you know when men like whether they're they they're widowed, like, oh. or divorced, or whatever happens in their marital life, yeah, they usually find they always like most of the times they'll either get remarried or they'll find someone. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of times, like you look at women, and women are like, yeah, I've been widowed, but that they thing? like stay single. I
0: didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: it's like is that I mean, a, like, is that statistically like a thing? Yeah, with? I think so. I okay. think I mean. Again, I haven't had time to do the research on it, but something I just find it fascinating. Like, men just crave and desire yeah. to be with a woman and a family. I wonder
0: if that speaks to our desire as men to build and create and to to grow yeah. things. Not that women don't have the desire, right. obviously, right. but I think maybe men... And we're both speaking as men that we have a desire to, to build and grow and create and to cultivate things that are, (laughs) that are yeah just bring it, bring it back. It's all about culture, man. Yeah. Yeah, We love
1: building culture. Even in farming, there's a word ranching. There's a word called husbandry.
0: Oh yeah. Cultural husbandry. Yeah. It's actually a Twitter account by the way. Oh, cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's things like that. That's like fascinating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Cool. cool.
1: How about you? What are you watching?
0: Uh, well, I don't have a lot of time to watch things, but I mean, um, I actually play a lot of video games. I'm a big gamer. Um, but Stranger Things is something that we watched recently. And if you don't if you've never heard of Stranger Things, you probably are living under a rock because Stranger Things is one of the biggest shows. It what made it's what made Kate Bush's running up that hill number 1 in a day. Like because that uh, I think it was like episode 5 made that song so popular. Kate Bush was like, what, what? That's great. So, and this is a show about the 80s and it's about basically a Stephen King novel, but it's a great show. And we were, obviously we're all caught up with Stranger Things and what a great show. Um, And great actors in all of it. I think it's been great. The episodes were really, really long this time. Mm -hmm. Like that last episode was like almost two hours. Crazy, but definitely more scary. Than uh, yeah. I th- I thought it would be. It kind of takes me back to when no one really knew what Stranger Things was when it came out in season one, and we're like, "What is going on?" And you're like, "Should I watch this in the dark?" What it- <laughs> what am I doing? And then seasons two and three were like, "Ah, it's not as not as crazy." But you know, but yeah, Stranger Things is a great great show. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that's what that's what we've been watching as far as TV is concerned. Um. I haven't watched a lot of. A lot of TV shows again because I need time to sit down. I've tried to. We're both big Marvel fans, and I know She-Hulk is out, and I've seen some stuff from She-Hulk and don't really like it. <laughs> um, you pro- I don't know if anyone's seen the Megan the Stallion and She-Hulk uh clip of them twerking, but it's not great. <laughs> and that is like that explains that, that informs me that this show is just not worth my time. There are a lot of Marvel properties that I think because of the Disney Plus slash streaming era have not been very good. I think some of the shows have been getting like WandaVision was pretty good. Um, Hawkeye was all right. Captain uh, Falcon and Winter Shoulders I think was good. Loki was great. Uh, What If was great. Um, Haven't watched Moon Knight yet. Uh, Watched a little bit of Miss Marvel and it's fine. (laughs) But I mean, because Marvel has just been so prominent all the time, it's just like I feel like I'm burnt out on Marvel.
1: I think they're cannibalizing themselves. Completely. Yeah, completely. Like, I mean, I won't even say a little bit. I think it's a lot of a bit. Point where it's a lot of bit. It's yeah. like I just can't. I'm just like it's another one, and right. they have one like every week now. Well, they have multiple every week now. Right. And I'm just like I can't keep up.
0: Yeah, it's hard, man. Um. So as you hear us talking about this stuff, you you notice that there's. Something that we we were doing up front is that we were celebrating things that things that are obvious that some of these are not even don't even agree with our worldview. Stranger Things is definitely something that doesn't agree with our worldview. <laughs> I mean it's about horror and mystery and and, and murder, but it is it's a good TV. With, and with
1: no values. Well no values. Yeah. No, with the exception a, of, that of that. maybe friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Friendship is a value. it's a basically a modern version of Goonies exactly yeah Yeah.
0: Goonies stand by me and I think there's another one thrown in there but yeah
1: it it's another one
0: yeah Yeah. anything Stephen King has made has that is it I mean it's 80s tropes so um but taking it back to like this podcast and um one of the reasons why we did that is what we're going to do each episode is we're going to take some of the things that are happening in our culture I mean we take a tv show piece of music um, anything that's happening, and we're going to break this down into four particular questions. And James, um, where do these questions come from?
1: So, again, this goes back to the book, A Practical Guide to Culture. Yeah. Um, and there are four questions that are mentioned, and it's towards the end of the book, but I highly suggest that you read it from the beginning and don't just jump to the back. Oh, definitely. Yes. But, um, first question is what good can we celebrate protect promote and preserve second question is what is missing that we as christians can contribute three is what evil can we stop four is what brokenness can we restore yeah so those are the four questions yes
0: so through that we will be analyzing the things that are in pop culture. So let's go, let's break down each one of these questions. So, number one, what's good that we can promote, celebrate, and preserve? Um, I think Christians sometimes get a bad rap of just being against everything that is not particularly Christian. And I think Christians do that to ourselves. We need to there are things worth celebrating in this world that may they may not agree with us but there are a lot of things that exist that are great. We were just talking about Stranger Things earlier. Stranger Things is an incredible piece of art that is worth celebrating. Like the acting, the direction, the, the characters, the the way that the world is built is, is great. There are things in Marvel that obviously <laughs> they don't agree with our worldview, but there are things just stylistically and character-wise that are great you know some of the greatest characters that have existed you know in comic books and on film I mean mm-hmm. the Marvel and DC and everything superhero has existed for a long time but it's worth celebrating things there are things in music that have um, just great ways of how they formulate words and music i mean i uh music wise i'll take it to Kendrick Lamar so Kendrick Lamar put out an album years ago called To Pimp a Butterfly and i remember listening to to this I think was on a drive. I was driving from. Um, you mentioned we're in Texas, so I was driving from Lubbock, Texas, back to to Fort Worth, and that's about that's you know multiple hours. And so I had the time to just sit, well, I'm sitting and driving. Obviously, I'm not standing and driving. And that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I'm driving well and happened. I'm listening to this this album, um, and it's incredible from start to finish. And what's great about going from each section. He is having snippets of a conversation with someone, but not even till not until the end of the album. He's having a conversation with a Tupac. And um in Tupac, it, it's not the real Tupac. It's a AI digitally recreated version of Tupac because Tupac is long dead since that point, unless you're one of those people who believe that Tupac's still alive, which he's not alive. Long live Tupac. <laughs> um, gosh, <laughs> but, uh, but the way that this is framed in Kendrick Lamar, I mean, rap is an incredible art form. Um, we want, we actually did this in preparation for this. We watched the, uh, the Kanye documentary and we talked about how rap is an incredible art form that it's, it's poetry that you can take words or your life experiences and put them into music and words and form formulate them in a way that is, um, something you can listen to and you can jam out to and yeah. So Kendrick Lamar is, is, is one of those things that's worth celebrating, even though his worldview does not line up with mine. And there are many things like that, that don't line up with mine. Uh, so yeah. What's something that, uh, for you, you can celebrate.
1: Let's see. Um, well, I mean, going back to stranger things, um, I forget what episode it is, but in season... And everyone knows this if you watch Stranger Things. In season three, which is the most recent one, there is the six minutes of, I think, one of the best television that was ever filmed in a long time. By the way... Do you know what part I'm talking about?
0: I don't remember, but I'm going to cut you off for a second. um, While we're going through all of these things, we will spoil TV shows and movies because we cannot talk about the in-depth worldview of these shows without going into spoilers, so just be aware that we will always spoil TV shows and movies, so make sure if you're listening to this that you've watched or watched the TVs or movies that we're talking about, so go ahead.
1: Yeah, so there was a there are four storylines happening at the same time one Mm -hmm. in Russia, the one in the pizza shop, the one on top of the RV, Yeah. and then I forget what's the fourth one. Oh, in the house Vecna's house Oh yeah yeah Right Um, And Eddie starts shredding On oh, top of the RV Was it Master of Puppets? Master of Puppets Yeah By yeah. Metallica And the lyrics to that song The meaning behind that song And what was happening In all four parts Of the all parallel parts That are running together Was phenomenal Yeah the timing the, the action that was taking place I really I chalked it up as one the best six minutes of television that I know in recent times
0: I think master puppets shot up in the charts after that episode came yeah. out too just like Kate Bush
1: did yeah I think some that was incredible now do I agree with master of puppets and stuff no and I and I know exactly what that song is about because <laughs> I used to shred to Metallica before I met Jesus, um, but I still shred to Metallica, uh, but it nah. was, yeah, I can totally see you do that. Yeah. And then you play Fleetwood Mac right afterwards. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. But it was really the best six minutes of TV in, a, in in recent history.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So we'll definitely do that with anything that we're talking about. So next one is what's missing that we can contribute. Um, you want to start this one off? Ooh. Um, no, I can't think of one right now. (laughs) So, um, kind of how I, I think about this question is that, um, like I said, what we said at the beginning of this, where the Christian worldview voice is not really present in some of the things in culture. And whenever we've tried to, and again, this is part of my rant, part of my, um, we're a lot critical about Christians than we are about other things because as Christians, we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard. And, um, in the realms of music, no, not in the music, not music, no, but in movies and in TV and in other things on social media or the internet, Christians have not, in my opinion, not been very good at doing that. So if you've ever heard the phrase Christian blank, think about what that means to you. Like, christian tv or christian music or christian movies they tend to not be very good when we try to contribute our worldview to this and um this is not really answering the question but it is something that we need to be aware of when we are trying to contribute something is that we need it to be good because Christians, and if you have not read this book, Art in the Bible, you should read Art in the Bible by Francis Sabre. It's actually a pretty short read; it's about like ninety-two pages. So it's, but it encapula, encapsulates basically that Christians we should have a high view of art because we serve and we worship an ultimate Creator. Everything that exists in our world was created by God. That is our belief, and so we, as image bearers of God should be creating at the highest levels. And we did at one point, but we at some point we decided to divulge of that, and it hasn't been very good. A companion book to this is Art in the 20th Century by Frankie Schaefer. so I think it's his grandson or son. But uh, yeah, but what's missing that we can contribute? And it's a hard one to answer because, you know, you think that if they just talked about Jesus in this, that's our way of contributing. No, I don't think that's a good way of doing it. Obviously, you want to have the Christian worldview present, but just because you have a piece of media that talks about Jesus doesn't mean it will speak to everyone or will be good. You want movie and TV to provoke a feeling out of you. You just talked about Master of Puppets earlier, where it's like that's the greatest moment of TV that you've ever seen. Wouldn't it be amazing if that was more akin to our worldview? Like, what if something in TV, like, that wasn't over like Jesus saves or something that we would probably perceive as corny maybe but something that elicited an emotion of this is what we believe as Christians a high view of God so something that we can contribute is kind of a broad question in maybe answering that would be like well what what do we need to be doing excellently that we can contribute to something that we think is missing from a piece of media
1: yeah I think there is a good example if and since you talked about christian films or christian music and how it always kind of gives off a cheesy thing i think there is one moment in christian i maybe there's probably multiple moments but in in recent times that i can think of that in christian tv that it was absolutely incredible yeah and and I think as Christians, I think everyone as Christians, you should watch this moment. Um, it was in the Chosen series. Okay, yeah. And there's a part where Jesus is sitting across from Nicodemus. Yeah, she, and there had the Chosen is a really good piece of media, by yeah, the way. it yeah. is. It I is. I think even Joe Rogan talked about the Chosen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's shot, you know, in Texas. Yeah. Well, Shout part out. of yeah, part of it in Texas and part of it in Utah. But, um, but yeah, there's a that moment um, where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and they're talking about what it th- what it means to be born in the spirit. One of the best moments, um, I think in what we would call Christian TV. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there's other moments like when you watch the passion. Oh yeah. And I think great it's movie. Great. Yeah. Great movie. It's hard to watch. Really hard. It's hard yeah. to watch.
0: I saw that in high school. That's hard to watch.
1: But there, I mean, there's other films out there and I think, um, And I think when it comes to what is missing that we can contribute, it has a lot to do, I think, redeeming qualities, too. Like, I think as Christians, we should always look for the redemption within the story. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you'll watch movies and you're like, that ended poorly. (laughs) Um, And I think it's because the world does not look for redeeming qualities um and i think that's something that christians we are able to contribute to to the movies um i mean there's tons of movies out there like squid game at the end it kind of just i didn't finish it but i know that it kind of just leaves it hanging and just in this area of just complete darkness right and it's nihilism and it basically nihilism or however you pronounce it but it's nihilism nihilism but it basically takes you to like the bitter darkness of man. Yeah. And I think as Christians we should be able to contribute something to that moment.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and when we also say this, I we don't necessarily mean let's make a Christian version of Squid Game. I think sometimes as Christians we think that if we just take this that's already existed and make it Christian that'll make it, that'll, that'll sell it to the Christians. But we should create something that is wholly our own, make it creative, make it excellent, and with their Christian worldview. So Squid Game's already out. We don't need to make a Christian Squid Game, uh, which uh, wouldn't make I any sense know. anyway. Yeah. I don't even know how, that, how, how yeah. that would work. So we don't need to like make something Christian. We need to create something originally and wholly our own because we have God created us with an incredible creative mind, and there are tons of Christians out there that have some some great minds. And we just need to create culture. We just need to create things. Just just do it, like what we're doing right now. We're just we're create, we're hopefully creating culture. We're creating something that is hopefully excellent. And this is our first episode, hopefully. So, I mean, it may not be excellent, but we just need to just do stuff. We just need to do things that are God honoring, that are excellent, and that help build culture. So. Yeah, so let's go to the next question. What evil can we stop? And um, I'm gonna read real quick, and I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Uh, from Practical Guide to Culture, Practical Guide to Culture it says Christians must at times confront culture. God hates evil. As His people, we can do no less. If we love Him, we'll be like Paul in Athens, dressed with dressed uh, distressed when idols are offered. His adulation and lust. Or violence violate his image throughout history from the British abolitionists to modern day pro-lifers Christians have honored God by opposing evil so in the pop culture space what is the evil that can be stopped what does that mean for us I think
1: today uh, I mean there's so many things you can get into I mean we've had the sexualization of children i mean that's and how the culture is just permeating it's just yeah it's 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 everywhere it's everywhere it's through and through and there's just um yeah i think that's that's one of the biggest biggest problems that we see in our culture is taking children and basically just sexualizing them i mean there's really i can't think of like another way to describe it but it is horrific um and they're doing that whether it's through drag or whether it is through tiktok videos and twerking and all that stuff it's just it's warping children's mind and it's in some ways or another it's like the world knows that we need to get the next generation so and they can shape and shift the culture yeah if they can take the minds of children
0: yeah Yeah. that's that's a that's a big thing and it's one of the biggest things in our culture and it it does exist in all forms of media unfortunately down up from whatever adults watch down to like the lowest levels of of children's media and it happens it's happening less subtly Mm -hmm. as time moves on and and yeah we're talking about you know the sexual exploitation of children. Talking about the LGBTQ uh, ideologies that exist, and again, we're not attacking people. We're attacking the ideologies because we believe, as Christians, that this particular ideology is evil, and we have to confront it. And if that means that if we are perceived as unloving, then that's. I mean, we're just doing what we we believe that we're being taught. I mean, the gospel is not for everyone. The gospel is divisive. The the Bible, Christianity, is um, not always going to be palatable for everyone. But we have to be able to confront these things in our culture. And, yeah, and there there are a lot of things that exist in our world. I mean, let's talk about Turning Red for a second. Mm -hmm. We watched that recently. And um, Turning Red has moments where... You know, you got, what is it, what are they, middle school? Middle school, yeah. and they're doing a lot of things that are more right. sexualized. This is a children's movie, this is Pixar. Yeah. So, which, is which, Pixar produced Toy Story. Nothing sexual about Toy Story, but you have a movie like Turning Red that does that, I mean, but Lightyear, the movie, had things things like that. I mean, there's a kid's show out there called Tots. This is Disney kids, Disney Junior, that my kids could watch. Where it's about you know storks delivering babies and you have same-sex parents
1: as animals, so that's that's weird, right? So I mean, like uh, owners of farm animals, that's actually not possible. That's not.
0: I mean, you have polar bears taking terry chickens in the show. Yeah, it's a kid show. Yeah. So, but like that that exists. So there's there's more evil than just that in the world. But these are things that we have to be able to confront. We can't just sigh away from this and. Hopefully, we will do our best to confront that uh, with things that are out there. So let's move on to the last one.
1: Yeah, the last question we have here is, what brokenness can we restore?
0: Oh, you want to throw it back to me? Yeah.
1: (laughs) So many
0: aspects, and I'm reading back to the book, many aspects of our culture are redeemable. Whenever possible, Christians should co-opt and correct culture, redirecting it to its God-given potential. Broken relationships can be reconciled. Family members family members affected by crime and, and the uh, incarceration can be restored to one another and their communities. Fashion can be reimagined so that the dignity inherent in each human being is respected. So we are finding the evil and then we are correcting it from the brokenness from which it was. It's because as Christians, we are called to... restores. Obviously we're not going to be perfect in that. Only Jesus is perfect in that but that is part of our great commission is to restore what is broken in our world and to to bring people to the knowledge of who Jesus is and um, help them find that. So how do we do that in pop culture?
1: Yeah I think going back to turning red there was a good example of what brokenness can we restore was um, when you see the at the end of the movie where the mom is reprimanded for her decisions um, they never reprimand a daughter for the decisions that she made so the only person at fault in the movie is the mother mm. um, even the grandmother doesn't get it, she doesn't face any of the consequences of her um, parenting and then the daughter doesn't get any consequences for being a jerk yeah, <laughs> at the yeah, end of the movie yeah um and i think everyone needs to ac- everyone needs to accept the responsibility of their part in in that yeah. um and i think at the end the mother was the one that had to kind of absorb all of it um right. and i think that sends a really in some ways that sends a very bad not yeah it sends it sends a wrong message that parents are always wrong right um and they're the ones stopping you from being who you truly think you yeah. are. Um, and I think parents, we as parents, if you're if you're a parent, you also have the responsibility to direct, redirect your child and as Christians in the way of the Lord. Yeah. In the way God has created you and the way you are bent. Yeah. Um, so I think that's um, yeah, I think that was one piece in that in that movie that I found that needs to be restored.
0: Yeah. I think that's some, one of the biggest things that needs to be restored is the family, like the family unit, mother, father, and child. That is one of the biggest broken things in our world today that needs to be restored. Yeah. And kids need a mother. Kids need a father. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's how you help build culture. That's what helps society grow and function in a stable right. world. But we exist in a society where we have things like no fault divorce, and um, where you have broken two-parent homes, where a kid may be at one parent's home this weekend and another parent's home this weekend—that's not stable for a child to grow up in an environment. And we understand that that's the effects of sin, and we understand that that not everything's going to be a perfect, perfect, and that happens. And it's an unfortunate—you know—divorce is an ugly thing, but it does happen in our world. And we, you know, we speak into that, and we try our best not to to uh, to to what let that happen, but we want to restore those relationships even if you have a couple that's divorced you still want them to be on good terms and i'll actually bring an example of of restoring what is broken and it's not actually from anything christian and this is in pop culture so there's a show called queer eye for the straight It's que- it's called queer eye it used to be called queer eye for the straight guy do you remember the show yeah so queer eye it's a very popular show on netflix and it you have uh, four gay guys and they're hilarious, but uh they each go with an aspect of of this person who has like kind of run down house, maybe they don't look as good, or maybe they just had, you know, just a rough time in life and, you know, maybe you deal with their hair, or their clothing, or with their house, or something related to the culture. But there was an episode where um there was this guy who uh who was trans and he had a broken relate when he came out as trans, he uh, kind of had a rift between. Uh, he comes from a divorced household, but he kind of had a rift between his dad. And in that episode, you had uh, this this trans individual and his dad. You had this man who's who identified as a trans woman uh, come to his dad, and they had a conversation about this because his dad didn't really know how to deal with the fact that his son is now a trans woman, and um, the way that they had that conversation in that was a restored, they had a restored relationship of that. And we may not necessarily agree with that, but that moment right there, I will celebrate that as a moment of brokenness restored. And my thought was, man, the church should be doing that. Doing what, Not to say that we don't do that. Don't get me wrong, if you're listening to this, the church definitely does that. But just to see that in media is incredible. I don't know why that came to mind, but I think just in terms of pop culture, we need to do more of that. That needs to be more present in the things that we are consuming in media where you have the restoration of the family so that is that is a big thing and obviously we're big advocates of family because we are both fathers and husbands so yeah that is um that's how we're gonna be breaking down all of this stuff so um before we get out of here before we end our time um anything anything else you want to add james
1: uh let me i mean no not really i think I think really it oh you mentioned the book uh, art in the bible i think uh for those that dive into it um francis schaefer really does break down how to judge art um in it from a christian worldview um so i anybody who uh choose to read that i really i I challenge you to read that. I think yeah. it would really open your eyes to understanding how to engage the culture and not be afraid. I think that's the the other component is when you watch things on Netflix and Amazon or whatever's out there, Hulu, like a lot of times we just consume it passively and, and all that. But when you start looking at it from a worldviewishly way and think in that way, mm-hmm. I think... Um, yeah, you're actively watching and yeah. you're actively looking to see what message is being portrayed yeah. commercials are a really great one commercials right. are always trying to tell you what is the best life um and if you don't have our product you have a lesser life mm-hmm. um and those are really good conversations to have even within your family something simple as a snickers bar yeah yeah and I think it's a yeah and I think those are good exercises to have.
0: Yeah, family. Be aware, once you turn this switch on, it's hard you can't turn it off. I mean, James and I both know going through the Colson Fellows program, just from that, is that I can no longer consume media without thinking of it through a worldview lens. I think my wife gets really annoyed when I'll point something out, I was like, oh man, look at that. You see that? <laughs> but it's it's fun when you are actively watching or listening to something and you're trying to ascertain its worldview and it helps you helps frame it in your mind. Like you said, you don't want to just be a consumer of things and let things just grow into your brain because that's how ideas get planted without you even knowing. That's how Inception happens, to pull a movie reference out there. Um, But yeah, so join us as we continue on in this process. So... Thank you so much for listening to Walk and Chew Gum. You can follow us on Instagram at Walk and Chew Pod, and we're going to set up an email list. It's going to be walkandchewpod at gmail.com, and we'll send out email updates if you don't use social media. Uh, but you can follow us on Instagram if you do use social media. Uh, so you can you check us out there, and we'll be back soon. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you later.
1: Bye.